Welcome to the My Essential Birth Podcast. I'm Courtney. And I'm Stephanie. And we're professional doulas, childbirth educators, and the creators of My Essential Birth, the holistic, empowering online childbirth education course helping mothers everywhere confidently achieve their best birth. So join us each week as we share tips and advice for all things pregnancy, birth, and beyond. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast so that you can be the first to get new content. And head over to www.myessentialbirth.com for more information about our birth course and to join a community of mamas just like you. Before we get started, we would like to invite you to leave a review for this podcast in iTunes. It's a brand new show, and it's really important in the launch of a new podcast to gather reviews. Will you please help us spread the word by leaving a review so that more mamas have a chance of finding this podcast when they search for one? We read every single review, and we promise to keep doing that. We love what everyone, all of you ladies, have been saying about the Pregnancy and Birth Made Easy podcast here with My Essential Birth. So thank you, everyone, for your continued support. You ready to face your fears, conquer those fears? That's what we're going to be talking about in today's episode. But first, we want to hear from our reviewer of the week, S Nerds. Snerds? I'm not sure how you say your username. I was joking that we would be B Nerds. Birth Nerds. Birth Nerds. I love it. So if you want to tell us what the S is for, send us a message. Science? (laughs) Skittles? Skittles. Mm. I don't know. Anyway, this review is from S Nerds. And she says, the perfect dynamic duo. I am shocked how quickly I fell in love with this podcast. I always knew I wanted an epidural, but I have also always been open to learning about medicated versus unmedicated and hospital birth versus home. And I became especially interested when my best friend was forced to deliver on the floor in the middle of the night with a screaming toddler in the background. I thought, Hmm, maybe it's good to be prepared in general for every outcome. I want to know more about that birth story. <laughs> then COVID-19 hit and it really scared me how much hospitals had a say in what I did with my baby or who I could be with. For the first time, I really considered not delivering at a hospital. I want my husband there. I want choices. COVID already took so many of our choices away. So to get my power back, I listened to this podcast. Woo. And I listened to every single episode. I laughed. And I love how different both hosts are, and I love that I don't feel judged with whatever outcome I decide. These ladies do a great job of making you feel secure in your decisions while providing information in a lighthearted way. So happy I found this podcast. I want to say a thank you because, honestly, I feel like what we're about to get into involving fear um, and empowerment, the other side of fear, Um, has come up a lot with this whole COVID-19. And I really appreciate someone listening like that and finding peace and comfort and empowerment just through us talking about normal birth topics. So I really appreciate your review, um, definitely. Okay, as far as this, I wanted to jump on this. Honestly, we've wanted to talk about fear and pregnancy for a while, but I think when COVID hit, then it became a very different, not only did it become more important, but our fears and and what surrounds birth, I feel like has taken a little more precedence and has changed a little bit. So as COVID-19 is changing the way that we interact with each other, as well as the health industry for pregnant women, we want to take time to empower you and encourage you to look forward with hope during this time. So that will be the goal during this episode. Fear cannot live in the same place as faith and hope and empowerment. Does that make sense? For example, 
I can't be afraid of having a really long labor and then expect myself to be able to relax into a place of trusting the process when labor begins. Because I would be worried from the first contraction that this was going to take forever, every contraction is going to become more difficult. Um, don't worry, we're going to address how to get to the other side of this later, but I wanted to use that as an example. Yeah, and so when I was writing this, I thought we need to look up these definitions. So I want to start with fear. So what is fear? And when I looked up this definition, here's some things that came up. It's an unpleasant emotion caused by the belief that someone or something is dangerous, likely to cause pain or a threat, a feeling of anxiety concerning the outcome of something or the safety and well-being of someone, and the likelihood of something unwelcoming or unwelcome happening. And when I thought of that, I, I thought of all those words, dangerous, likely to cause pain, there's a threat, anxiety, um, a lack of safety, something unwelcome, right? All of those kind of negative words. And when we think of, so let me go back to that example. So if we're including that fear of the length of labor, like we mentioned, and that fear is likely attached to the thought of maybe pain, exhaustion, stress, anxiety, maybe there's a fear of a cesarean birth, not having a voice, having to wear a mask, wondering if my partner and I are going to be separated, wondering if they're going to take my baby because of COVID-19, giving birth at home when I plan to give birth in a hospital, transferring from a home or a birth center to a hospital, induction, a breech baby, my partner not being supportive, family I don't want in the room, feeling <laughs> alone, not having support. The list could go on forever and be far off from anything that I just mentioned too. The point is that it's personal to you and it's your fear and it's real, it's valid, and it's okay to have it. Um, there's nothing wrong with having these thoughts and emotions, but what I think is so important is that we need to realize that there's another side. There's another way and you're not alone. So any fear that you could say, we promise you, has 100% been thought by many other mothers as well. So let's talk about the flip side of that. What is empowerment? The dictionary definition of empowerment is the process of becoming stronger and more confident, especially in controlling one's life and claiming one's right. Therefore, empowerment for birth is the process of becoming stronger and more confident, especially in controlling one's birth and claiming one's birthrights. So empowerment in birth looks like getting knowledgeable about the process of birth, like knowing the literal anatomy <laughs> and what to expect for each stage, understanding how to relax and work with your body during contractions, creating a birth plan and choosing a provider that supports your choices through pregnancy and birth, having a voice during every part of your birth story, doing research to know hospital policies and practices, and how to speak up if something strays from what you desire. Having a backup plan in case you're birthing at home or a birth center and the location needs to change for the health of you and baby. Setting up a support system that works for you even if your partner isn't a great support. Do you see the difference? All these things are going to breed confidence. And I think the important part of everything we just talked about is if you look at the two examples, all the stuff outside of that mother, all of those things were not in her control. They never were from the beginning. The truth is you don't have a magic wand. We can't predict what's going to happen in this crazy, amazing, beautiful thing we call birth, but we have control over what we know and how we act and react throughout the process. And so when you're looking at those examples and we're talking about fear-based decision versus empowered-based decisions, um, we create an entirely different reality when we have knowledge and confidence and empowerment versus acting or reacting on that fear. So what if you're that mom that's afraid of how long the labor will be? 
what would empowerment look like to combat that fear? Well, if you study about how your body works through each stage of labor, if you prep yourself with good nutrition and exercise, um, the three free pregnancy exercises that we offer to help get your body prepared, if you know that when you feel contractions in your back that it's time to get into a better position because a posterior baby can cause sporadic ineffective contractions and longer labors, if you have practiced and trained your body to know how to relax because it is a learned technique, if you know to try to ignore early contractions and go throughout your day, don't look at the clocks, take one contraction at a time because that's all any mother has to do, Set yourself up with a provider that does not instantly put you on a clock when you arrive at your birthplace in active labor. And yes, there is so much more you can do to empower yourself in this situation. But if you do all those things, then that fear will have no place. Um, I think the truth is when we look at this, I think your mind and your heart is going to be too filled with confidence and trust in the process. And you'll be focusing on the work in front of you with love and compassion for yourself and your baby. Um, but you have to do the work. And I think that's kind of what I wanted to get at. I think it, I think probably what maybe some of you were thinking is that I was going to sit here, Courtney and I were going to sit here and list just a bunch of fears. That, the, that you likely have as a mother that that's are totally valid, right? Okay, <laughs> but that's not, that's not the point. And so as I'm talking about that, about doing the work, like, let me guess, okay, let me, let's just think for a moment, maybe you're that mom, you've read all the books, you've watched all the videos, you listen to all the podcasts, <clears throat> right, like ours. Um, they're good, but they're passive. So you can read a thousand books, you can listen to a thousand podcasts on birth, but it's not be, it won't become helpful until you use the information. Let me give you an example. So if because you read all these books, you know that you're supposed to get a certain amount of protein and water each day, um, how helpful is that if you don't do it, right? That seems kind of common sense. If you know what exercises to do during pregnancy to encourage your baby into a good position for birth, does it matter if you don't do them? Um, or maybe not until the last week or two, Something's always better than nothing. Obviously, we're going to encourage you to do something and uh, rather than nothing. But what if, or if this was you, if you downloaded the exercises, our three free exercises, when you were 15 weeks and you didn't use them until 39, that's a lot of time you could have been working on that positioning, right? So even though we're not going to sit here and list every single fear and tell you it's okay, I think a certain amount of validation is important. It's okay. It's normal. It's reasonable that you would have that fear, but then you have to work from that spot. You can't stay there. You can't stay there and expect to feel empowered and confident. So you need to focus on what can you actually control about that fear? Cause there's going to be some stuff that's out of your control. We acknowledge that, but what can you control? What do you have control over? And I can promise you in every situation and every fear that you face in your birth, you do have some control over that. I know it's a, a popular notion to say, well, you can't control everything. No, but you can't control some things. So focus on what you can control, but then you actually have to do the work. Yes. <laughs> That's what we're trying to get at, right? Yes. So let us be clear. This is not to chastise you. Um, we don't want to make anybody feel bad. Um, we want to be clear that and too, like you were talking about these fears, like not only do we want to validate them, the point is not to ignore them either. We don't want to push them down. Yes, don't that, do that is not it. But you can get to the other side of them with some action. And that's what we want to push on you guys a little bit here. So hopefully it's helping you to see clearly and it's giving you that oomph to get to excited and get moving. Um, we love you ladies. In fact, we love you so much that we're going to give it to you straight. <laughs> 
we're going to have to tell you the truth even if it hurts because it matters and it makes a difference in your birth experience and we want you to have the one that you're dreaming of the experience of a lifetime that birth that when you look at you desire that more than anything else um, I think no one in the history of ever prepares for birth too much. It's not a thing. It's impossible. You can't do it. So we've talked about that before. Like you're never going to um, do too many exercises. You know, you're never going to do your protein and, and track your nutrition too much. Like you're just not, it's, it's never too much. You can't prepare enough. Now, Stephanie talked recently on Instagram about our one to stay, two to grow challenge. So we're going to mention that to you here and have Steph share her experience, her personal experience about it with you in a minute. Um, the challenge is coming up with one thing that you can do every day that if you write it down and you can check it off at the end of the night, you feel good about that thing. This can be making your bed in the morning, doing your pregnancy exercises, writing in your journal, um, taking a shower, whatever it is, make it attainable and make it specific. Don't say, Every day I'm gonna eat healthier. That's not specific, right? Eating better could mean you ate one donut instead of two for <laughs> breakfast. I mean, we've gotta got set some goals here. But if the goal is every day I drink water with dinner because you've been having a can of diet Dr. Pepper every night and you haven't been sleeping well because of all the caffeine, okay, now now that's a specific goal, right? Glass of water with dinner. <laughs> also, not that pepper. might be part of my personal example. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Um, now the two to grow. Before you even think of adding one other thing, one other goal, you have to get that first one solid. And I don't care if it takes a week or two weeks or three, but it's gotta be solid. And then you add another one. So let's say you've been doing your pregnancy exercises every day when you get out of bed for a week. Awesome, keep that up. And now perhaps try adding tracking your meals so that you can eventually aim for those 75 grams of protein. Write these down, check them off, cross them out, whatever you do to tell your mind that you've completed the task. Stop writing lists of like 10 goals and only getting half the list done and then letting your mind tell you that you failed. Don't do that. You're not failing. So let's kind of rewire the brain here. Okay, so why did we just talk about that and why does it matter? Because there's many things that are out of control, just like Courtney talked about. In fact, if you want to look at it realistically, every single thing is out of your control, except what you do, except what we do, except what I do, right? We can only control how we act. We talk, give, love, receive, respond, feel, right? Um, there's beauty in this, though. And if you're focusing on one or two things that you can control, then everything else starts to feel right. It starts to feel better. It starts to feel safer. So this is where I'm going to get into my experience a little bit. So I, like some of you, have gone through some very real fears with all of this COVID-19. No, I'm not pregnant, but it has affected our schedules, my children, our jobs, money, time, my home, everything. And so I, feeling out of control, started doing something that I could control every morning. And that was I, I wanted a morning routine. I created a morning practice for myself that I did every single morning. And it looks like this. I made a morning routine and I've stuck to it for over two months now. That's, I wake up, I write a gratitude list and affirmations, I plan my day, I read my scriptures, I journal, and I pray. I started this routine, and it didn't matter when I woke up. I wasn't hard on myself about that because one of the goals was to get up earlier. But once I realized that that wasn't something that was attainable for me at that time, I, I was like, no matter what, I don't care when I get up, I'm gonna do these things anyways. Um, but whatever I had going on, whenever I woke up, I woke up and I did those things no matter what. So even if it meant that my kids didn't eat breakfast until 9.30 or 10, or they had to get their own, it didn't matter. I was gonna stick to that little thing. 
Okay, and then I added little bits to it. So when I wrote down what I wanted or desired for my life, um, and I kind of had to vision cast because, right, even like when you and I did our goal setting for ourselves or for our families or for our business this year, we it was a different vision because we didn't anticipate COVID-19. We didn't anticipate any of these challenges. And so I had to recast my vision for what I wanted to see for myself just in the next couple months and for the rest of this year. For you guys, we're going to recommend doing this for your birth so that you can do the same thing. You're not going to know. You have to be specific, but if you don't know what you're aiming for, then you can't find what you need to be specific about, and then you won't have the right tool to get you there. So we have an episode. I think it's our birth plan episode, right? At the end of that episode, there's an exercise that we walk you through to help you cast a vision for your ideal birth. We want you to do that, and then you can come back and follow this plan, okay? But for me, it included things like I wanted a clean and tidy and organized home. I didn't want to be yelling at my kids. I'm training for a marathon. I wanted uninterrupted time with my kids and other things. Okay, so after I got good at my morning routine, I added in my runs for my marathon training because I can affect my physical body. No one can stop me from doing that. And I have my little morning routine. Those two things I have hit every single week, no matter how I felt. And I mean like I will do them right before it is dark. I will be running for three miles if I have to, okay? But what happened, because I've been doing it consistently for two months, I have trained myself to trust myself, that when I make a commitment, I'm going to keep it. Um, so I started doing those two things, and then I cleaned and organized my room, just my room. Okay, my whole house is not clean and organized right now. But I did that, and then I committed to not leaving my room each morning without making my bed and straightening anything that may be left from the night before. I'm telling you guys that these simple things have started changing my life, and they've trickled into everything else. And if what I said is just like a mouthful, and you're like, well, I there's no way I could even do what she just listed. I couldn't either two months ago. I was barely getting out of bed, like barely showering for the day, just barely getting by. So I, that's why it's the one to stay, two to go. You guys just focus, go shortly. But the goal is that hopefully you're going to find encouragement from this, and then you're going to plan to things that you to change the things that you have power over and give up on the things that you don't. So maybe a good exercise for you to do right now is to write out what does your day look like right now, the good, the bad, the ugly, mm-hmm. put it all down on paper, right? This is your homeostasis. Whether you like it or not, this is familiar for you. This is comfortable for you. And there's always that human tendency to stay with what's familiar, even if it's not necessarily helping us, even if it's not moving us forward in the direction of, say, preparing for birth. So write down what your day looks like right now, and then um, spend some time either in prayer or meditation to find out what is one thing in your day that you can change or add. Um, Maybe you've gotten some ideas from what Stephanie shared. Maybe it's just making your bed and, but keep everything else the same, right? When you look at your new plan, the change should be minor enough. This new addition, this new, you know, we're trying to do something new should be so small that you can look at that new plan with like 80 to 90% confidence and say, I can totally do that. Mm -hmm. I can do that. Because like Stephanie said, you really need to get yourself in the habit of trusting yourself when you say you're going to do something. It's learning to keep commitments to yourself. So, um, and then when that becomes easy and familiar and routine, then you can kind of evaluate and go, you know, maybe I can have a glass of water and my prenatal supplements with dinner instead of that can of Diet Coke and, you know, whatever. 
It's when we make these small changes, not the big, huge, giant goals. Um, it's the small little things and doing those consistently that I promise will get you to where you want to be. When we set goals and too many of them that are way too big and so extreme from what we're doing right now, that's typically where you know stress creeps in, exhaustion creeps in, we crash and burn, and then we have a harder time being when resilient. When you end up doing nothing. Yeah, and then sometimes you're further from your goal than where you started. Mm-hmm. So um, it may go against everything you say if you're a big goal setter to make it a really, really small one, but we encourage you to do that. So let's let's kind of apply this principle. This can be applied to your entire life, but let's kind of take a look if we can and apply this to a specific work fear. Can we break it down? Yeah, I, I think too. So of course we're going to mention the find it and flip it here because I think one of the most important things that you can do is to put positive thoughts about birth into your mind. And so mm-hmm. if the only thing that you start doing every day is saying three positive affirmations to yourself, um, particularly in opposite relation to whatever fear that you have, Yep. then you're already building confidence and empowerment and kicking fear out the door. So that is something simple that you can do today. Right. So if your fear is, I'm afraid that they are going to not let my husband be in the delivery room with me because of COVID, then what would the flip side of that be? What would the, what would the opposite of that be? Turn it into three affirmation statements that will bring you peace and confidence. I trust that I can create a birthing situation where my husband can be with me at all times. I am grateful to have him by my side supporting me through birth. We're so happy to welcome our baby into the world together. Um, Because in all reality, you can create a birthing environment where your husband can be with you. Maybe like our reviewer of the week mentioned, you know, a hospital birth had always been within the plan. Um, but as we create these statements and these affirmations, maybe you start to consider that a home birth where your husband can be present, your spouse, partner can be present, is what's going to help you um, have that reality and conquer that fear. Yeah, and when we're, I want to bring you guys back to that empowerment because if we went back to those other, the other thoughts that came from the empowerment, what did it look like? Even though we couldn't predict exactly what was going to happen during a birth, what did it look like for mom to have a voice and have support and all these things? And how did she get there? You guys, you get there from applying the knowledge. So you get there from applying what we're teaching you. You guys, you could take our birth course and watch everything and get nothing out of it. Mm -hmm. If you don't do anything, it's useless to you. It's a waste of your time and money. But if you jump in there and you do the assignments, you do the exercises, you check in, you follow the plan to get get an an accurate or a good and supportive birth provider, um, you set yourself up in every possible way for- You memorize, sorry, go ahead. No, yeah. Yeah, you memorize and learn what to do. Okay, my body's been stalled out at seven centimeters now for a few hours. What did the course say to do? And you're so familiar with those things that you can jump right into action. You have to actually apply the knowledge. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so knowledge is one part, but what, what we're trying to get to you here is you have to push forward and actually do the work. And when you do it, that's the positive part, you affect everything. You affect how you're feeling about it, you affect your physical body and what it's doing. Every single move that you make 
in the direction of where you want to go is going to positively affect everything that you're doing in the process. Fear takes hold and grows when you're stagnant, when you're not doing anything. As you start to work towards something, you're basically telling that fear that I, I am going to take control of this and it's not going to control me. We want to be really clear that we understand that what you're going through right now, particularly with a global pandemic and all these new emotions and thoughts and concerns that are coming at you, that we understand that they are real and um, that they have both a physical and a mental and emotional effect on, on how you're preparing for things and how you're thinking about things. I think for some, it has kind of shattered um, maybe their ideal plans that they had for their birth space. And that's kind of what we wanted to jump on here, because if that is the case for you, and maybe for some it's not, maybe you have been able to kind of manipulate and go through and figure out, okay, um, because of X, Y, Z, we need to, to change course a little bit here. But if you're someone that when all of this is coming at you, you're, you're aiming towards shutting down, because I can relate to that. I went through that for a couple of weeks here. This is where we want to give you all the love and the encouragement that if you can find those simple things to change, uh, you will find yourself in a better mental, emotional, and physical state in the preparation for the birth you're looking for. All right, so listen up. Whatever fear you're holding on to, stop. Things are different. They're always going to be different. That's the one thing you can count on is change and things shifting and evolving, right? But that doesn't mean you have to throw your entire birth plan out the window. It doesn't mean you have to sit here and let things happen to you. I promise, and I know Stephanie will back me up here, if you move yourself into action, you will move yourself into that empowerment and into that confidence. And so focus on what you can control and then go out and act. And fine, you'll feel better and you'll manifest better things. And I think you guys have done it before. You have the evidence, you're here, you're standing, you're alive. You've walked through hard things before. This is no different, except you're not familiar with it. But you've done that your whole life and you've got the track record, so keep moving. Acknowledge your fear, come up with a plan, move into action, and I promise great things will happen. All right, mamas, we will be back with more tips and advice soon. In the meantime, be sure to subscribe so that you get notifications first about new episodes. And don't forget to head over to myessentialbirth.com for more information on the birth course and to join our online community serving pregnant mamas just like you.